When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast. Welcome to this week's Bad With Money Mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week I am joined by our semi-co-host Mal Blum to react and respond to your messages and emails. Hello, Mal. Bonjour. Someone, uh, well, actually I'll read it in, in one of the emails, but somebody did say that they were so worried when I got a co-host, but then when they knew it was you, they felt better because they didn't want to have to learn a new voice. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that later. <laughs> They already feel familiarized with you. They love your voice. They know it. They feel familiar. They feel safe. Oh, you are safe. Thank you. That's very sweet. On today's show, I'm going to read Instagram comments about Batman and about anger from our prenup episode, then emails about divorce and disability, how money gurus suck, and postnups. In the second half of the show, I'm going to read a five-star Apple review from someone in my hometown, an email about your true name, aka not your dead name, being on your credit card, and recent student loans changes. I'll also welcome a patron. Okay, so let's get into it. Into it. This is... <laughs> This is a comment from Teresa that said, this episode was incredible and so much fun to listen to. I had recently voiced a fear that someone like Elon Musk would want to become a real life Batman and how scary mm. that would be. And it made me rethink my Batman fandom from the OOs. More episodes like this. Mm. You're in luck because there will be. <laughs> now, what do you think about um, Elon Musk becoming Batman? He doesn't have it in him. He can't fight, I don't think. Elon Musk doesn't have the conviction or the drive 
to be Batman. I mean, he what does he do? He takes money from his parents and runs companies into the ground. Like that's what he loves to do. That's his passion. So let him pursue his passion. His passion isn't um, vigilante justice. It's um, ethically ambiguous. Having children with as many women as possible. Yes. And also like ethically ambiguous <laughs> behavior in the corporate world and um, procreating with as many women as possible. That's what he's passionate about. So let, let him do that. He's creating an army and I'm scared. I was going to say, you don't have to be that worried um, because if you look at who he's having these children with and their prior endeavors. I mean, mm-hmm. Grimes couldn't even get that houseboat like across the river at all. So you don't have to worry about this. Army. What a deep cut. What a deep cut. Look you it up, me, people. Mo- Look it most up. Most people don't know that Grimes tried to do a houseboat tour on a river with just like a sack of potatoes and some chickens and they didn't even like get across one state. Most people don't know that. <gasps> Please, if you have the time and inclination, Google Grimes houseboat. It's really... <laughs> It's a saga for the ages. Okay, this is uh, Pints to Planks. This episode made me angry, talking about the prenups episode. Not Mm -hmm. by the hosts or guests, but everything Karen said about going to couples counseling and going over everything from who pays what to how the chores are divided. It reminded Mm -hmm. me of my ex and how he was insistent on going to couples counseling, but there never seemed to be a motive behind the why other than his therapist thought it was a good idea for couples to start doing at the eight-month mark. Anyway, it's all good advice for and if I ever face the possibility of cohabitation or marriage. Thanks, Karen, Gabby, and Mal. I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, it made me angry as well. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just I think kidding. it's good because I feel like I feel like people took away from that episode feeling really empowered, and mm. the anger comes from being like, "God, I should have demanded more." Like in my past relationships, I should have demanded more. But on, and I feel that way too. But honestly, like. You knew what you knew at that time. You didn't know. Like, you can't be mad at your past self for for uh, behaving in a way when, like, you didn't know what you deserved. Oh, that's not how I took this letter at all. I took it to mean, like, it's angry because it reminds me of my ex who wanted to micromanage me, which (laughs) I get it. It's, yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, It's all perfectly described by the fact that your mother went through every single reason why you should have everything divided up and prenuptial agreemented and uh, agreed upon and everything. And then the big reveal that she herself never had a prenup, you know, like there's, I I could see there's, there's emotional reasons that people bristle at prenups. Yes, I I know. But that reveal in that episode, you have to go back and listen to that actual reveal if you haven't, because I think I scream what in a way that came from the bottom of my soul. I thought she was joking. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of divorce, Anxious Anonymous writes, hi, Gabby and Mal, whether they're there today or not. Hi. I've been meaning to write this email for a long time, but your most recent episode with Gabby's divorce attorney mom really made me want to ask what happens when a disabled person gets a divorce? Mm. Is there anything special to know financially or otherwise ahead of time? Without getting into all the details, I have a parent who became disabled brain injury Mm. as a result of an accident nine years ago. And my parents may be on track to separate in the next few years, perhaps divorce. Mm. I can imagine that it's hard for my abled parent to not feel like a villain for wanting to separate when my disabled parent has relied on them for so many things. 
However, I really do think it's in their best interest to move on from each other or at least separate for some time to focus on individual healing and figure out how they want to live the rest of their lives. Mm. My disabled parent also struggles with alcoholism, and this has placed added strain on my abled parent. Mm. Would a divorce be a death sentence for my disabled parent structurally or financially? Signed, Anxious Anonymous. Well, thank you for writing that in. That was very vulnerable, and I appreciate it. You know what's interesting about this? I was actually reading a lot about um, this the other day because I went down a a rabbit hole of anxiety about um, Medicaid and... (laughs) Um, a lot of times, actually, unfortunately, if one parent ends up having something that may disable them and they might need um, Medicaid like care in the future, like in, in terms of a treatment facility, a lot of times they will sort of have to divorce their spouse. Otherwise, if the other party passes away, um, Medicaid can um, basically put a lien on the house, take the house, take the assets. Uh, and I think they go back like a few years. So like a lot of times, unfortunately, people will like divorce in order to make it so that their spouse's assets are separate from theirs and aren't taken um, after the partner dies, basically, which is not the oh situation, God. but it is something that it made me think of. It's horrible. What else did you read? I guess just how much care is going to cost and uh, almost nobody can like pay for treatment facilities like that. And so then, you know, Medicaid, the government uh, covers it. But then like when you die, like they they will come back for it. A lot of states, I guess, have laws that you can't displace the primary person who lives there. But like some states don't, I guess. And like it's unclear to me. I think they can force you to sell the house. It's like that movie that we watched. Yeah, I was going to say. So can you talk about the movie that we watched? Yeah, we watched a movie called I Care A Lot because I found this Twitter thread and jumped into this rabbit hole. And I was like, this is horrible. But basically, it's about a corrupt government-appointed guardian who um, basically, like, conservatorships have sort of been in the news because of Britney Spears. But um, basically, it's about um, this guardian who declares people unfit to care for themselves so that she gets appointed and then she liquefies and takes all of their assets. Um, And it's like a grand scam. And actually, it, it happens. And, like, there's a real lady they don't say that it's based on this lady but there's a real lady they caught doing this and they think it's more widespread than we even know which is horrifying to think about yeah there's a horrible scene where she conspires with a doctor to get this woman declared mentally unfit Mm -hmm. so that they can have a whole trial without her even there Mm -hmm. and they declare her mentally unfit and then they just come and take her house Yep, yep. Um, it's a really interesting movie. Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl, is in it. And that that actress is terrifying. There are positives to splitting, like Mal says. But in terms of it benefiting the disabled parent, I think I think they might be able to get more resources because they're not married. Um, right. And so that could be one way which it might help financially or structurally. Disabled people talk about that. They talk about how yeah. they can't get married sometimes because um, their benefits will get cut. Right. So this might be an example where, yeah, where it would be the opposite. But it sounds like the one parent doesn't want to care at all for the other parent. So that obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not something that we can advise on. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I do think maybe you either would be scared of or would learn something from the movie I Care A Lot. I don't know. I don't want to trigger you, but it is an interesting take on this stuff. And I did learn a lot. But it sounds like if, if they don't have a prenup, it would just be like the laws of the state. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of position that would put your one disabled parent in. Mm-hmm. Ethically, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. You might need more around the care clock for them, like or around the clock care for them. You know, like you might need to hire people because the spouse was doing some of it for free. Like that's definitely uh, hard and on the table. And like there will probably be expenses that didn't exist before getting to and from appointments where the other spouse may have driven things like that. I mean, that's assuming that um, the spouse is mobile even like, you, you know, it might yeah, be, yeah. It, it depends what level of care they need. The ethics of it like that. I think your, your one parent has to like make that choice with themselves. Yeah. And- yeah. We can't, t- we can't judge on that. Yeah. Um, and we're not judge Judy. Have you been using mint to manage your finances? First, the bad news. Mint is shutting down. Now, good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. That's right. I use Mint and now I'm using Monarch Money. It is very stressful, confusing, and time-consuming to manage my finances. I've tried other finance apps. They don't really work. Like, you know, I was very committed to Mint and then I was uh, deeply sad when Mint went away. But now I have tried Monarch. It's so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I mean, I really value a company that is proactively looking at how to make finances easier. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Can you imagine being able to have a budget app with your partner? That is wild. You can see all your finances. You can collaborate on your budget. You can get insights on your cash flow and reoccurring transactions. It's a very easy way to manage a household's finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budget app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these numbers, 37,025-1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining, accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. 
If you have all the information about your business in one place, you can make way better decisions. And this is an unprecedented offer, meaning this is totally worth your time. As someone who runs a business, having all of this together in order to close my books, that would be invaluable. It's a time saver. It's literally the biggest time saver. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. That's netsuite.com slash badwithmoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And this is not a show where we judge who's right and wrong. (laughs) Only Judy can judge me. Okay, this is an email from Mel. Hey, Gabby and Mal, maybe, question mark? Guys, Mal's here, okay? Okay. I'm here. I'm in. I'm right here. I'm in here. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Oh, no. Um, not, now we got to deal with John Wick. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've covered this before, but I would love to hear your thoughts on the business of money-making gurus. It would be even better if there was a deep dive into that world. It's so hard to find anyone talking about this who isn't also trying to sell a course or something, and I'm getting frustrated. I get Mm. major red flags every time some normally cis-straight white dude pops up on my TikTok for you page or on YouTube ads talking about how you can make thousands a month with affiliate marketing. When I go to their profiles, it's all about different ways to make thousands of dollars and quit your nine-to-five job. Then I notice they're also selling courses or doing this to get more of a following that would click their affiliate links. It just feels like they aren't really trying to teach you how to do it because they never give clear directions, but instead they're selling you the idea that you can get rich if you just buy their course or keep watching their videos. If you lose money or fail at affiliate marketing or Amazon sales, they just claim you didn't try hard enough. If you look at the comments, it's all people who are just starting out and aren't actually successful, but they all think they're almost there. Either that or they're just pushing their own products and courses in the comments. This came up because my partner has been convinced that there are a ton of easy ways to make thousands of dollars a month online and that I should try them out. However, after months of researching these different recommended hustles, you I hate capitalism, I've just become completely repulsed by the whole thing. My partner doesn't seem to understand where I'm coming from because they're only seeing these people in all the biased articles on side hustle money making blogs and such, claiming that it's possible for anyone to be successful if they just try hard enough. I'm sure I could find some success if I took the scammy advice that goes against my ethics, but this thought makes me want to evacuate existence. I have found only a handful of people talking about this critically because the search results are completely overtaken by these so called gurus. Ugh, they aren't actually gurus, just money-hungry, dishonest assholes. Trying to discredit anyone who doubts their techniques or call them all failures who didn't try hard enough. It's really disappointing and gross. You have the only money-related podcast I listen to regularly because I trust that you come at things with a healthy amount of criticism and questioning. Plus, Mm. as a queer, non-binary, artsy weirdo with ADHD, I feel safe listening. Can't say Mm. that about any other money podcast, sadly. Love you, bye, Mel. Mel, you're in for a goddamn treat because it's a upcoming, upcoming episodes include me breaking down Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is from financial guru Robert Kiyosaki, who is a monster. Uh, 
and he's he's not white, but he is uh, a, a terrible person. And then uh, also we're going to be breaking down Baby Steps Millionaire by Dave Ramsey, who is white and a terrible person. So upcoming episodes are going to do exactly what you're asking me to do. These are uh, not TikTok gurus, but these are uh, people who have so many best-selling books on the topic. And so I think Robert has 26. And all of them, you are correct, all of them are selling courses, games, classes, all kinds of stuff. There are other financial gurus that I know that are are young women that do a similar thing. They sell courses. I just that's not my bag, baby. I don't that's just not my thing. Like I'm not trying I want you to I want you to have all this information for free. Like I'm not I mean I get paid by the podcast network, but that that's it. I don't need it from you guys. That's yeah. maybe a place of privilege I'm coming from because I make no. my money as a TV writer. But No. Uh, what? Yeah, you yeah, you're really privileged over Dave Ramsey. No, 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 not Dave Ramsey. I just mean I like this podcast. I it's, I'm not trying to like build a financial empire. I'm just trying to like help people out. So eh. I make my money in in other fields. Uh, so yeah, we are going to talk about that. I will look into the TikTok and YouTube gurus. I have been toying with doing a bad with money TikTok, but I feel like I don't know if people would like it or if it would just be me being like, stuff sucks. Yes, I want to sing. I don't song. know. I'm I'm gonna, I'm trying to get a song in here. <clears throat> okay, what is it? It goes. If someone claims to have all the answers, but they make you pay for them, it's a scam. Don't sign up for it. It's a scam. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm it. a songwriter. You really are. That was so impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Look, this podcast is free. I don't even have like I have a Patreon, but like whatever I you know what I mean like I I make my money in different ways so I can't I feel like I can't judge some of the younger people who are just getting into the game who do that kind of thing I can or I like can have judge. courses they teach courses but look like if you teach if you're teaching it's courses bullshit. you deserve to <laughs> okay it's bu- okay anybody who claims to have all of the answers whether it's financial or not is lying out their ass and if they believe it themselves then they're also like self involved bullshitters which is the worst kind yeah do not give them money okay you're right you're right you're right well i hope mel i hope you'll check back in on our robert kiyosaki episodes and our dave ramsey episodes and i'm going to look into these tiktok people um some of them i will say genuinely scare me like you know like when like that's like uncanny valley in the face like i don't like that but and they're they're also talking at you very loudly. Uh, but I I will try to check them out for you. How about that? The only one that's good is the is the coin guy. The coin, the coin guy? guy. Yeah, he like looks at pennies what? and is like, "This penny's worth a lot of money." And that I wouldn't consider that a financial guru. He's just like a guy with a special interest. <laughs> he loves coins. He he he's like, if you find a penny that has this sort of error in its printing, it's worth a lot of money. He's like a coin collector guy. That guy's all right. Okay, I like him. This is an email from Emma. Hi, Gabby. I really enjoyed your episode with your mom on prenups. I'm getting married in a month and have only recently learned about how prenups can be for everyone, not just rich people. I'm wondering if a month is even enough time to work toward a prenup, and by the time you might read this, I could already be married. I'd be interested in learning more about postnups. Maybe you could bring your mom or another expert on to talk about that. Thanks, Emma. If you're reading this, it's too late. It's too late. I'm already married. Okay, here is an email from... Quinn, who actually writes to me a lot. So hello, Quinn. I have fans. Okay, I'm Quinn. Pronouns he, him. You might remember me as the person who wrote into JBU 
to call Gabby in about their use of trigger warnings. He said that I don't. What happened? He said that I say trigger warning and then I immediately say the thing and I need to give some pause before that. Um, And I really do that now. It it really did change the way that I I do trigger warnings, which is I say trigger warning and then I go, I'll give you a second to turn it off. Whereas I would just go trigger warning and then say the thing. So anyway, thank you. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in that email fanboying over both Gabby and Allison's work. So in this email, I just want to say how much I love getting trans mask style inspiration from both of you. That is Gabby and Mal, not Gabby and Allison. As someone who's been out as trans for over two years and is still trying to figure out clothes, I'm always on the lookout for how to dress in ways that will make me look mask and feel less dysphoric and or feel hot. I've just finished the Gabby Forces Mal to play Weird Money video games episode. I admit I do not listen on the day the podcast come out and wanted to share two quick thoughts with you. You mentioned in another episode that you're planning a listener call-in episode on the cost of transition soon, so I might have to leave you a voice note with my thoughts and experiences on that. But right now I'm in a coffee shop, so you're getting an email. Firstly, you mentioned that one guinea pig experiment that Mal might do for the show is trying to sign up for a credit card or open a bank account as Mal rather than in their dead name. In case you haven't tried this experiment yet, or you didn't come across this bank if you did, I wanted to tell you about my experiences with Monzo. While I'm not sure if Monzo is available in the US, it's increasingly popular in the UK and it's a challenger bank. I had to look up the definition of a challenger bank while writing this email. To quote from this article, born out of an attempt to change UK banking in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, challenger banks or neobanks exist to disrupt incumbent firms. High street banks such as HSBC, NatWest, Lloyds and Barclays, and provide more personal and efficient banking experiences through their competitive pricing, mobile apps and real time payment notifications. Monzo is very popular and has many features that are increasingly being copied by more mainstream banking apps. Features like a roundup function, so whenever you purchase something with your debit card, the bank rounds up the amount you pay to the nearest pound and puts the difference into a savings account or savings pots to help you save for different goals. But the reason why yeah. I'm a big fan of Monzo is that it allows you to set up an account in a name that isn't your legal name. You do have to put in your legal name when you're opening the account, but it also asks you for your preferred name, and this is what will be used on your account, on all communications, and on your card. It's even the name you have to say when you make the video saying, I'm Quinn Rhodes, and I want to sign up for a Monzo account to verify your identity in the process of opening the account. While I have now legally changed my name, it meant so much to me to have a card with my actual name and not my dead name on it for almost a year before I was in a position where I could change it legally. While obviously a debit card doesn't count as a piece of ID, it felt so official and real that it gave legitimacy to my name and brought me a huge amount of euphoria. As I said, I don't know if Monzo is available in the US, but I still thought it would be helpful to share this for any of your trans listeners in the UK. Another feature about Monzo that is cool is that my friend pointed out to me recently that it offers the option for you to do that verify your identity with a video step when you're signing up for an account in British Sign Language. While I'm sure they're far from perfect, inclusion and accessibility doesn't seem to be an afterthought, but something they're actively building into systems and products, which is cool to see. Secondly, another money video game that might be interesting for Mal to play is Spent. I have no idea where I came across Spent, probably on Tumblr, but I played it years ago and only remembered it while listening to the episode. The premise is simple. You start the game with a thousand dollars and you have to survive the month and keep yourself and your in-game child alive. Every day comes with different financial decisions to make and you have to grocery shop, choose where to live, decide whether to pay for health insurance, 
and deal with unexpected bills that pop up. I haven't actually reread why the game was created, but I believe it's to challenge the idea that people who claim unemployment rely on government help aren't trying hard enough because the reality is that we have no social safety nets and so, so many people are working incredibly hard just to scrape by. The game is filled with statistics about poverty and the financial situations for low-income folks in the U.S. relating to each of the choices you're faced with while playing, so you know the context of the decision you just made. Sorry for the longer than anticipated because I cannot be concise email. Love the show. Sending you both trans joy and power, Quinn. P.S. You absolutely do not need to read this on the show, but I have a newsletter called Gender Bent that is a series of intimate essays and imperfect advice about gender and transness, and I would love if you would give it a shout out if you'd be comfortable with that. I realize this is very self-promo-y, and maybe I'm like asking you to do an ad for free, but the newsletter is totally free, and I think the writing is semi-okay and might be of interest to some of your listeners. Sorry if this is really rude. Thoughts? Monzo. I know. I I never heard of it. I never heard of it. Um... You think it doesn't ex- – you think that Quinn wrote in this whole email? No, in the U.S., in the U.S. I think oh. it doesn't exist in the U.S., but I think it, it sounds awesome. And honestly – U.S. Like, expansion. They, Monzo announced it would be offering services starting 2019. It's been since 2019. Where are they? <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, it's in the U.S. I think it's in the U.S. now. Oh, really? All right. Check it out. I'll check yeah. it out. Honestly, I, first of all, Mal, you, like they should let you put a shortened version of your name, uh, on, on anything, uh, bank related. They should let you put a preferred name. Like that isn't even a shortened version of your dead name. Um, in my opinion, as long as your social security number matches, there's no reason that they should not let you. I mean, they, they let businesses like open bank accounts all the time. They should let you put a first initial. Like they're, they're, it's really annoying. And, and I think doesn't make any sense that they are so weird about the names on your bank account. It's not like they don't know who you are, you know? Nobody knows who I am. No. Okay, so student loan forgiveness was in the news, popping off, and uh, so was the Discord. I love the Discord, by the way. They get into such intense intellectual discussions. It's really incredible. I read it sometimes. I'm like, my listeners are smarter than me. Okay, so this person wrote- we don't get into intellectual discussions. No, we don't. Not here. We do. We do. Uh, So this person wrote, anyone else feel like all the coverage pre this announcement was like student loan forgiveness is the best. We need it. It would help so much. And now all I see are articles like this will put the U.S. in crippling debt. It won't actually help anyone that much. This sucks. Someone else wrote, I feel like I saw a lot in advance that was saying how much it would boost the economy because people with less debt will spend more. But now it's all this is just going to raise prices more because there'll be more demand. 
Someone else wrote, Mm. it might be both because inflation can be demand or supply driven. And we have both. But the more money you give people lower down the income ladder, the more they spend and the more the economy grows. I'm not sure how much it will impact current inflation because haven't payments been paused since 2020? I paid off my loans before the pandemic, but I haven't paid as much attention as I used to. Also, part of me is suspicious because Dems and Republicans are going to spin this for the midterms. And then someone else wrote. My husband and I finished paying the last 10000 he had on his student loans during the pandemic to avoid paying interest while making payments. I'm 100% fine with this forgiveness happening, even though it means we could have gotten it. Just because we paid and suffered, we live in a crappy apartment and can barely afford to pay the loans off and have sacrificed a lot to do it, doesn't mean more people need to suffer like we did. We're a society. We should be happy that people have a chance to move on with their lives. I know this group doesn't have a problem with this. It's wild how other people and generations just think about themselves. And then someone else said, I was paying as much as I could when the interest was frozen, but when Biden was sworn in, I started paying it into a savings account instead in hopes that forgiveness would happen. Assuming this goes through exactly how he tweeted, I will be able to merge that savings account with my regular account and be debt free. I'm very excited. Someone else was worried about their credit score. And someone said, your loans being paid off suddenly will only dramatically impact your credit if you're in the middle of a large purchase like a house or a car. It can also have a bigger impact if you haven't had credit cards or other accounts to your name for a while. So don't really worry about that. So what do you make of all this student loan forgiveness stuff? Me? Yeah, you. Me, Mal Bloom? Yeah. I think that the loan companies shouldn't be able to have like predatory loan rates for 18 year olds. I think that that is, you know, that's a really, wow. Controversial take. Uh, Honestly, (laughs) this show has gotten, you know, the commenters are right. This show has gotten too radical, too leftist. We really, we, we have, we are in space with our ideas here. Um, And I, and I get it. Like this is, this is a socialist communist podcast and fuck us. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot, um, but I know that um, at 18, like I wasn't making the best decisions. I know. That's why I got married and joined the military. Oh, I you smoked wouldn't one cigarette, bought a lottery ticket, got married and joined, and the, joined military, the military, baby. I love you so much. You would not have lasted one day in the military. No, I would have been like, um, so where can I put my posters? Okay. Anyway, you'd be like, what I'm making content and they'd be like, March. And you'd be like, March, what? My my calendar's open. I'll march if you put on some music. Where's the beef? Okay, anyway. Um Chromatica. Play Chromatica, you cowards. I'm in the Lady Gaga (laughs) army. Okay. Um, I'm in Rihanna's, I'm in Rihanna's Navy. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, I want to welcome our new patron, Jacqueline. Thank you for being a patron. Um, And now I'm going to read a five-star Apple review from Cooper City Mom. I don't know who this is, but I am from Cooper City, and I know a lot of moms. It's definitely not. It's your mom. It's someone else. I feel like, you know what it is? Okay, this is my guess. I feel like it's my high school friend, Melissa, but I don't know. Okay, anyway. Being educated with every episode. It's amazing how much I have learned about money, the economy, and the ins and outs of achieving financial success listening to Bad With Money. Gabby and their guests approach each subject on a level understandable by financial dimwits like me. Bravo. It might not be my friend Melissa, but I'm going to guess that it is. And Melissa, let me know. Okay, so uh, that wraps up our episode. If you are interested in more about me, you can check out my AMP show, This Week in Gay, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. You can also read my book, Stimulus Wreck, on Scribd, and also read my real book, Bad With Money, which is a physical book that you can hold. 
I would love to hear from you. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney@gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also, leave me a five-star review. Mel, where can the people find you? I'm... Mal Blum on uh, all facets of social media, M-A-L-B-L-U-M, um, and you can listen to my music anywhere that you listen to music. What's your final thought? My final thought is when Fannie Mae offers you money for college, don't forget to ask, is this a gift or a loan? Love you. Bye. Done. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 